It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Crown and Anchor, Greyhounds. This is Richmond Till We Die, a conversation about the Apple TV Plus show, Ted Lasso, where we explore the characters, their relationships to each other, and how they're able to make us laugh until we can hardly breathe one moment and then feel with the deepest parts of our hearts the next. For this episode, our conversation is all about the FIFA Men's World Cup, which kicks off at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central on Sunday, November 20th. I'm Marissa, and I had acupuncture done for the first time today. Is that related to the World Cup? <laughs> no, but I just thought people might want to know. Fair. I'm Christian, and today I would like to announce my candidacy for my lifelong goal of becoming a World Cup mascot for the 2026 tournament, which will be held partially in the United States of America. Yay! I'm Brett, and I believe that we will win. I also believe that Christian, you're being super mysterious with what you're wearing. Ooh, I am. You I, have your entire Columbia. Like, are we allowed to say things like that on the show? <laughs> sure. We have a puffy jacket by Columbia, and you're like full on like hood down and everything, so we can't see Zipped anything all the way to the we extreme. We can barely see the eyes underneath here because I true love whites, and so I wanted to wait until <laughs> <laughs> this moment. For you to see my soccer-related outfit. But as a point of clarification, Brett, if me removing an article of clothing is part mm -hmm. of the actual programming, do we have to put the explicit tag on this episode? No, I think we're good. Okay. Then with, <laughs> with that, the grand unveiling of my soccer garb for today. I'm so excited. Marissa seems less than excited. Today I'm wearing my 1994 Men's World Cup jersey. That was the last time that the tournament was held in the United States of America. And Adidas released two jerseys that year. One of them was the Stripes jersey, which had these wavy red and white stripes on them. And the other one was the Stars jersey, which is a faux denim that then has white stars emblazoned across the right sleeve all the way down the chest torso to the very waist and as i was walking out the door my wife pointed out two aspects of this particular jersey that she really appreciates one of which <laughs> is the yellowing stretched out collar and the other is a stain on one of 
the stars. But it's, it's well-loved, and I can't say that it's a lucky jersey necessarily, but <laughs> it's a jersey. It is a jersey. I want to touch it. I've always wondered what these ones feel like. They feel like a regular jersey. Uh, regular 100% cotton jersey. <laughs> which one would imagine playing matches in places like Chicago and Pasadena in the summer would be flipping hot. Yeah, you would have been sweating butter. <laughs> Y'all, let me let me tell you, I have a little personal experience with this World Cup because, Holler. you know, it wasn't a necessarily a, a disinterested look at your shirt, but more like trauma and like memories <laughs> coming back because, I don't know, I think I would have been like nine that summer. And that was the summer that my brother was on the junior world cup soccer team and they got to play a whole bunch of different matches all over and like you know go to go to a game at the rose bowl and stuff like that it's pretty sweet and my parents thought oh that'll be really boring for marissa so let's send her on a six-week rv trip with her aunt and uncle and cousin (laughs) that she doesn't know super well Mm. so i've still like literally been bitter about that (laughs) whole situation my entire life so i think that's why like the shock just like really took me back in that moment. And yeah, I'm a little upset about it. Sorry for allowing those memories to come flooding back due to my concealment of the shirt until <laughs> the grand unveiling. As sad as I was to miss that experience and like not see my brother play on that junior world cup team, I did have an amazing time in an RV. I think his name, we named him Henry and we went to like a million national parks and I became a junior park ranger oh, that nice. summer. So, you know, I, I had a great experience, but I missed out on another great experience. In the pantheon of things that children can achieve, I think that becoming a junior park ranger and playing in the junior world cup are pretty even. Yeah, we were both rock stars that summer. You should have worn your junior park ranger uniform to this taping. (laughs) I think it could fit on my big toe. I don't think I had a uniform. (laughs) I think I had like a badge that I colored on a piece of like construction paper. Just as good. One of our favorite things about Ted Lasso is that even though the show is set against the backdrop of professional soccer, fans don't really need to understand all the technical aspects of the sport to enjoy the show, right? Right. But seeing as one of the biggest sporting spectacles in the entire world takes place in just a few short days, we thought we'd offer a Ted Lasso-focused preview for our fellow Greyhounds. You can certainly find more complete previews, and in fact, we will recommend a few to you But this should be enough to help you understand what Ted Lasso cast and crew are posting about on social media all throughout the tournament. So what if we start at the very beginning? That's a very good place to start. (laughs) Ah, ding. Christian, as our resident soccer expert, in a few sentences, can you explain what is the World Cup and how do they decide where it's going to be? Because I feel like it's been in different places. It has been in different places all over the world, if you will. It is a soccer tournament with national teams, so countries competing against each other. And it's typically held every four years. There's some flex to that, depending on various things. And currently there is a bid process where if your country wants to host the World Cup, they put together a bid and essentially brag on themselves about how well they could host the tournament and then present that to the FIFA governing board and it gets voted on as to which country gets to hold the tournament. 
So that's the company line of how these things get chosen. But <laughs> like a lot of these events, there's also some real murky, shady business that happens. You have seen this in the past with Olympics right. being bid for and awarded, greasing people's palms and buttering them up with lavish gifts or lavish trips that masquerade as business trips and, and tours for people to check out these countries. And this particular World Cup, which is being held in the very small Gulf nation of Qatar, or some people call it Qatar, is under extra scrutiny for the amount of corruption that took place in the awarding of this World Cup to that country. Yeah, there have been a number of objections, issues, complaints uh, from the very beginning of this tournament, which was awarded around the same time that we found out Russia 2018 was going to happen. Like we sort of found out about both of these at the same time. Yeah. And it was back in 2010. And one of the things that does make it a little bit weird for Americans to talk about is that we were the favorites for the tournament, this tournament to be held in the United States and the favorite by a rather wide margin. And so then when this very small, very young country, but very rich country beat us out, Immediately, there were um, a lot of people levying a lot of charges. Turns out a lot of those charges ended up being true, but it can come across sometimes as sour grapes from Americans. Something I read in the news today that I found really interesting is that the U.S. Men's World Cup team is showing their support for the LGBTQ community by way of a rainbow-themed logo inside their training facility and media room. And one of the things they're highlighting is the fact that same-sex relationships are illegal there. And it has to do with their initiative that they adopted in 2020 with the goal of inspiring action in social justice issues, which their initiative is called Be the Change. And Coach Greg Berhalter said... It's not just stateside that we want to bring attention to social issues. It's also abroad. So that could also cause some problems too. As Christian mentioned, there's a lot of scrutiny because not only from the technical sort of footballing business end of things where there are lots of question marks, but Qatar has a notably awful human rights record. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it is just, it's it's a tournament that, a lot of folks are sort of finding ways to boycott or sort of selectively boycotting or finding ways to raise awareness of certain issues like LGBT rights, like women's rights, like basic human rights when it comes to the workers who are supposed to be helping build this infrastructure for a tournament, being compensated and paid and lots and of things safe like that. and alive. Like, yeah. That was a big issue too. Yes, it was. So for a lot of folks, it has cast a little bit of a dark cloud over what is always a corrupt tournament, but usually slightly less transparently corrupt. It's been interesting to just kind of gauge where people are at with this. And what I've seen is there aren't a ton of people who are actually boycotting the tournament. If people are choosing to do that, I totally get it. And honestly, there is a level on which I agree with them. But there are also a lot of people who are involved with organizations like sports media, LGBTQ+, which is a conversation that we had with that organization's founder, John Holmes, in a previous episode, where people are still choosing to engage with and follow the tournament. But they're also being very clear about the issues of hosting a tournament that's supposed to be for all people in a celebration of 
the world and, and our community together in a place that doesn't reflect that when the tournament's there and especially when the tournament's not taking place there. Okay, so bringing it back to kind of the nuts and bolts of how this tournament works, how many countries get to compete and how do they get there? This year, 32 teams. That is going to change in the future. That's it's right. Increase so that people can get more money. <laughs> but this year, smart. Yes, 32 teams, just like the past number of tournaments. And you get there through what's called continental qualification. There are a handful of different methods that continents use for qualification, which is kind of cool because it means that they can put their own stamp on how teams get there. But the teams that come into the tournament, you know that they have earned it. In some ways, I like to think of it um, as the conference tournaments in college basketball in the United States, where we think of the NCAA tournament as the main event because it is. But March Madness is really bigger than that because just about every conference, the Big Ten, the Pac-10, they have their own tournament to allow people the opportunity to earn their way into the NCAA tournament. This is similar. There are no, there's no way to be invited into this tournament. You do have to qualify. And so if you follow the sport all year round, even outside of World Cups, then you've kind of been following how your team or how other teams across the world have made their way into the field. Yeah, because really there's like a two to two and a half year period where most national teams are actively competing to qualify for the following World Cup after one ends. Yeah, and it makes for an interesting dynamic because the same players that might be good at the beginning of a World Cup cycle, some of them might not even make it to the World Cup, but they may have contributed to their country getting there. So it's a lot bigger than just what happens in this kind of three and a half, four week window. That sounds like a lot of teams, and I don't know that we have like time for all that, do we? Probably not. I don't think we're going to break down every single team, especially since we want to take a little bit of time to talk about fashion, yes, aka kits, aka jerseys, and the music that is around this event. So we've done our best to limit the scope of our discussion of the teams to those that are connected with Ted Lasso and the Ted Lasso universe specifically. So we've already mentioned... Qatar, who automatically qualify as the host, right? Yeah, that's a pretty lucky deal for them. Yes. They're in group A. Yes, there are groups of four. All of the countries have been divided into groups of four. And it really is a tale of two tournaments. The first half-ish of the tournament, you play the other three teams in your group one time. And then at the top, two teams, after all of that is said and done, they go into what we would recognize as kind of a traditional one-off knockout or playoff bracket. So after the group stage, then the top 16 teams go into a format that is pretty easy to follow because at that point, if you lose, you go home. But in those first couple games, you know, you could win, you could lose, you could draw. And then oftentimes it can come down to that third match as to who goes through to the knockouts. Okay, so they're in group A. The United States is in group B, which I have labeled bad blood. (laughs) (laughs) because the geopolitical and social dynamics of this group are fascinating. Yeah, you couldn't have put it together better on purpose. We have the United States of America, which their connection to the Lassoverse is obvious because we have Ted and we have Beard and they're from the United States. And Brendan Hunt, he does a lot of, I guess you could call it like advocacy and education to build enthusiasm for the U.S. national team in the United States. And so he's kind of viewed as a a very prominent 
figure in U.S. men's national team fan culture. Yes. Then in this group, we also have England. Are there any uh, Ted Lasso tie-ins for England? Oh, just a few, right? Like Jamie and a whole bunch of other players and, you know, Roy. The country it's set in. I think it's there, like, right? Right. Just a few things <laughs> tying it together. And so then that's fun because the USA and England have a shared history. And then we have Wales also. And specifically as Ted Lasso is concerned, the Wales dynamic is pretty cool because we have uh, Colin, who is Welsh. He wears a scarf at one point in time that has a Welsh dragon on it. And when Ted finds out that Colin is from Wales, he asks the question whether or not it's the same country as England. And Beer's like, kind of. And he says, how many countries are in this country? That joke was made in the promos about a player by the name of Gareth Bale, who is now playing in his final World Cup for Wales. And so we get this really like kind of long-standing tie-in into the Lasso universe with Wales. Talk about a great callback. <laughs> An amazing callback. Long game. Yes. And then, <laughs> you know, like the Wales-England thing is fascinating because depending on the athletic competition, sometimes these folks will compete together. In the Olympics, they will compete together right. as Team Great Britain they have in the past. But in the World Cup, they compete separately as two different nations, England and Wales. And then we have the other homies. Yes, rounding out the group, we have Iran. And this is not the first time that Team USA and Team Iran have met in an international tournament. Yeah, and we have our own shared history that is more current than that with between England and the United States. And at this particular moment, Iran is a country that's in the news a lot because of their human rights stances and their silencing of protesters, specifically women protesters in that country. Um, and so there's a lot of conversation about that country outside of footballing discussions. And now this kind of, we have this intermingling of very serious things with entertainment that people take very seriously. Brett, you called this the bad blood group. I kind of consider it the inferiority complex group <laughs> that's that's an acceptable moniker as well i just feel like all of these countries slash footballing teams want to be viewed in a specific way that they are not viewed in the real world and it brings up big feelings and i think oftentimes leads them to kind of like underachieve on the football field uh i will add that england is has been somewhat in form, at least they were in the 2020 Euro Cup, which was actually held in 2021. Last couple of months, though, not so great. I, you are correct about that. Um, odds makers still give them decent chances as far as like winning the tournament. But yeah, this could end up being a very interesting group to watch. And I am glad that <laughs> I have a, a horse in this race because <laughs> it's just going to make it that much more interesting. And we should acknowledge that we have probably the most annoying horse in the race. Oh, because yeah. Because American soccer fandom, especially around the World Cup, it tends to be very typically American. And however you respond to me saying very typically American probably is a tip off as to how you feel about seeing Americans support their soccer club. But you're going to see a lot of things that can appear to be gaudy and noisy and that the very proper English folks look down their noses on as they're also looking down on our soccer skills. Let's break down a few 
of like, I like to call this section the tour of actors and fictional players section that are connected <laughs> to uh, Ted Lasso in the World Cup. So first up, we got uh, also in Group A with hosts Qatar, the Netherlands. Hey, oh. It's Jan Moss. I love Jan Moss. He's Dutch. He's super Dutch. <laughs> I think you could also throw in Brendan Hunt, creator of the show, as someone who lived there and really claims the Netherlands as his second <laughs> national team yep. uh, in, in many interviews and was very captivated by the footballing culture in the Netherlands when he lived in Amsterdam. Yeah, and it's kind of where the concept of Ted Lasso was born. We've talked about that a few times on this show, but... But Jason and Brennan were part of an improv troupe there playing a whole bunch of FIFA soccer on their PlayStation and started to kick around the idea of what would it look like for one type of football coach to go coach a different type of football. And here we are. Another fun little tidbit about the Netherlands is Brennan and Jason did go back to Boom Chicago, which is the improv house that they were part of when they lived in the Netherlands. And so while filming season three, they made their way back there and they, along with Brett Goldstein, um, ended up doing a night there, and it looked pretty epic. Yes, and in our conversation with David Elsendorn, who plays Jan Moss on the show, he told us that he's actually been to shows there. And yeah. It finds them really enjoyable. So, And it's where he learned about American culture. It is, for better and worse. <laughs> for better and worse. Y'all, so we have some other people that we can connect to different countries so how about Mexico? Rojas, Rojas, <laughs> Danny Rojas. My favorite. Yes, he came on a transfer from Mexico when he first joined the show. And Cristo Fernandez, he played professionally in Mexico as well. Mexico is one of those countries that is steeped in footballing history. They have hosted World Cup in the past, and there was a time where they were a power. I would say like they've probably slid down a bit just in terms of how much of a favorite they are considered to win World Cups, but they're expected to be very solid. And there is that fun, fun, fun rivalry between the U.S. national team and the Mexican national team. And so there are always big feelings when those two teams play each other. So Mexico is in Group C along with another country we're going to connect to Ted Lasso, which is Poland. And if you've listened to our episode with Tom Hendrick, who plays goalkeeper O'Brien on the show, he regales us with the tales of the traditional Polish dance troupe that he is involved with, uh, including a really funny story about falling down on his face in a <laughs> competition slash festival <laughs> type of event. Uh, so again, check that out too. Uh, our conversation with Tom was hilarious and fun. It happens to the best of us. And it is fun to imagine you know, two cast members outside of kind of the, you know, like British USA dynamic going, their, their country is going against each other in the World Cup because kind of more in that one-on-one -on -one situation than you can imagine the other cast members sort of like jumping on and rooting for either, you know, Tom's team or Christo's team and, and egging them on to make uh, increasingly ill-advised wagers as to who's going to fare better in the group. Right. And someone else we've had on the show who will be able to enter those conversations is Mo Judy Lamour, who plays Thierry Zero. So we're skipping ahead a little bit to Group F. That's Canada, y'all. Hey, yo. And again, this is, a, this is another team from the same region as the United States, as you might imagine. And so 
We have played them often, not so much in big international tournaments like this. Canada has been on the come up lately. They were looking real good toward the end of qualifying. They were. This is another place where our men's national team diverges from our women's national team a bit. The men's national team bitter rivals with Mexico. The women's national team bitter rivals with Canada. Right. Because in both Canada and the United States, the women's teams are at that like most top elite level. Whereas um, with the men, like that's not necessarily the case. And so even Canada will oftentimes have a tough time qualifying for World Cups. The cool thing about this World Cup and the next one, we get two World Cups in a row that will include the United States, Mexico, and Canada. And we already know that because the next World Cup is going to be a joint effort of hosting between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. And this will be, I think anytime you can get countries in proximity to each other in this tournament, especially for us kind of in this dark corner of the earth, uh, then it's good. Like it's good for trash talk. It's good for building the game and it's good for having fun. And so we're excited to see how Canada does. We're going to talk fashion later, but one bummer thing for Canada is I think they actually might be the only team that didn't get a kit redesign for the tournament. So while everybody else is busting out blingy new kits for the World Cup. They're wearing the same old stuff they did last year. Thanks for nothing, Nike. (laughs) Maybe the Canadian Federation just wanted to keep that good mojo that got them qualified through the hecticness. That's not a word. The hecticity (laughs) of what is CONCACAF qualifying. Just got to go with what got you there, baby. Yep. Marissa, you're classy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any feelings about the French national team that you would like to share? Well, you know, there is Richard Montlar played by Stephen Manas. Apologies for the pronunciation, who has not been on the show, but we would love to have on the show. But it's always like good for that moment of like, comedic relief for us in yes. the Ted Lasso world. Um, and I'm always a big fan of Les Blues. Which is the nickname for the French national team. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I was being classy, Brett, so I you felt like I didn't need to. You switched to. into French mode. I understand. I, I felt like I didn't need to explain allez, myself. Allez. <laughs> Another prominent Frenchman appearing in Ted Lasso, one of the best footballers in all of history, World Cup winner Thierry Henry was part of France's 1998 World Cup championship team. Yeah, I almost didn't remember that because uh, Americans tend to block out the 1998 World Cup completely. (laughs) It was kind of a hot mess. It was a rough one. Not our best. Nope. Brett, we have a connection to France and the World Cup. We do, actually. This is a good story, but I'll try to keep it short. There was one summer where we spent several days in Paris, and it was wonderful, as advertised, lived up to the hype. It really did. And... The week we happened to be there was the same week that France happened to be playing in a World Cup semifinal match in the 2018 World Cup. And just as we were exiting the theater from which we had just taken in a French ballet. Oh, yeah. So very French of us. Fancy. Before we even made it to the Metro. The Blues won the match. We're going on to the World Cup final. And the entire downtown of Paris erupted into shouts and cheers and the metro immediately filled up with people making their way to the Arc de Triomphe to celebrate their victory 
we promptly headed straight back to the hotel. <laughs> the opposite direction. <laughs> as tourists who speak very little French. <laughs> we were like, uh, this seems like one crowd too much for us. <laughs> to take in the spectacle on our tiny television in our hotel room. But we could hear the celebrating all night throughout the whole city. It was pretty spectacular. We literally left the ballet and then you could just see people responding on their phones. Horns honking, people cheering. I mean, it was pretty interesting to be in a place where... Everyone knew what had just happened immediately. <laughs> yeah, it was like the very like asphalt had come to life, and it was just like <laughs> no and like noise everywhere. Like, yes, it was it was very a very neat and cool experience. And we and, got to come home and be really good French supporters at, while we watched them win. Yep, and France is a team that has decent odds to win this World Cup too. They are very good historically and could make a very deep run if not win. But as the team that won the 98 World Cup and the 2018 World Cup, it remains to be seen if they can win in a year that doesn't end with eight. Mm. TBD. <laughs> so we're running out of like the most obvious connections because unfortunately, Nigeria, Ugh. Sam Obasanya's team, did not qualify, which is actually kind of surprising. Well, it is, but when we talked about the way that different continents do qualifying, one of the things that happened at the end was to qualify Nigeria had to play Ghana who Ouch. is another very good African soccer team and also their rival and so I tend to believe that the tournament would be better with both of those countries in yes. it but the way that it shook out only one could make it Ghana made it which they're not drawn in the U.S. national team's group but it still probably made them break out into a cold sweat in a way that Nigeria making the field would not have. There is, at this point, a pretty long history of Ghana being a tough opponent and somewhat of a roadblock to the United States men's national team. They have handed the U.S. a couple of bad defeats, one in a group stage meeting, yep. one in the round of 16 in 2010 after the wacky group stage. Yeah, Ghana... Uh, ended that match in pretty dramatic fashion in uh, extra time. And it was heartbreaking. <laughs> and then we met again in the 2014 World Cup as when they were drawn into the group together. And yeah. that was a very entertaining match that Ghana was definitely the better team, but the U.S. somehow squeaked one out. Yep. And so Ghana, which in Ted Lasso is represented by Edwin Akufo, played by Sam Richardson. The rock star, Sam Richardson. We just met. We did meet him. And the reason that Brett and Marissa are giddy and saying that he's a rock star, we met him after the Thunder Gong show in Kansas City, which is a fundraiser for the Steps of Faith Foundation. Jason Sudeikis hosted the event. Brendan Hunt showed up. Will Forte and Fred Armisen from SNL Lore also showed up. And Sam... Sang, and not only did Sam sing, he sang his butt off. He literally ripped articles of clothing off whilst singing. Did some amazing dancing, including High leg kicks, multiple. It was like martial arts <laughs> yeah. style, like kicking while holding ridiculously high notes. I mean, he was he was a rock star. It was beautiful. It was a thing to behold, and it has me rooting for Ted Lasso. Season three, a building sexual tension between Edwin Akufo and Rebecca Welton <laughs> that is consummated 
in a musical song and dance number <laughs> to, to end the season. Make it happen. I manifest this. We can only hope. Perhaps a bidding war in which it's sort of like, you know, Irving Berlin's anything you can do, I can do better, where mm. they just like go back and forth and are offering things out for, I don't know. I can see this working. I'll write it. Brett, you want to help? Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Uh, are you guys okay if I like cheat a little bit to, talk, to squeeze in like just a couple more teams? Yeah, we we still we promise we're not going to go through be sneaky and get through all the teams, but <laughs> I think we could we could squeeze a few more into the conversation. We should talk about twenty two more teams. Is that okay? <laughs> so this is only the second time that a country from the Asian Football Confederation has hosted the World Cup. Yes, in the two thousand two World Cup, that was hosted jointly by Asian countries Japan and South Korea, who are Traditionally, two of the strongest teams from the Asian Confederation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Point being, this is only the second time that a country from the Asian Confederation has hosted, which is pretty cool. And also, the other thing that's great about the 2002 World Cup is it is the U.S. men's national team's best performance in a World Cup in the quote-unquote modern era. They actually made it through their group, advanced past the round of 16, and then lost, unfortunately, in the quarterfinals to... Germany. It was a hard fought game. I woke up at I think four o'clock maybe and watched that in the basement of the house of my future in-laws. And it was one of those where really hurt and I had to try to not wake people up in the house with my pained wailing when they didn't make it through. Looking back and kind of hearing like interviews and stories, you can tell that the fan experience at the time, like there was a lot of momentum that had built yeah. up and a lot of that American, like we're the underdogs and we're going to do this mentality. <laughs> and it was crushed by the well-oiled machine that is Germany. Yep. Very efficient. <laughs> All right. We can't escape this without talking about two giants from South America. One is Brazil, the odds makers favorite to win. Brazil is always dangerous. Yeah, they're always amazing. Always going to bring excellent skill and high drama. Yeah, also and true. Paulo Queijo. Um, yes, delicious treats. And their arch nemesis. Argentina, Lionel Messi's team. <laughs> yeah, you probably have to, if you're watching this from afar, Lionel Messi is a giant in the soccer world. This is He's not that tall. Not that tall, but <laughs> considered to be the best player of recent time and you can get Cristiano Ronaldo fans to fight you about that if you want to say it on I mean the his internet. hair game is way stronger. <laughs> way stronger. Um but Messi does not have a World Cup and so there is some pressure and intrigue as to whether or not he'll be able to seal this deal and probably his last World Cup as well. One would have to think. The I am partial to both of these two teams because of their barbecue game. South American barbecue <laughs> is legit. And I have tried to incorporate some various aspects of their beef-heavy barbecue traditions into my own cooking. And I got to say... Definitely gives American barbecue a strong run for its money. Unfortunately, this isn't about barbecue, Christian. But I do want to say, we said Brazil are the odds favorites to wins, but I think Messi can feel good about his team's chances because Argentina is actually the EA Sports World Cup FIFA simulator's choice to win this tournament, and which doesn't sound very promising. However, this simulator has correctly predicted the World Cup winner in the 2010 
2014 and 2018 editions of this tournament. So that's, that's a pretty good, good that's a good track record. Well, then I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> Why even play the games? Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist. A confidence boost before your interview or a last minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've talked a lot about soccer. And before people start yelling at us about how much Ted Lasso is not about soccer, we probably need to shift the conversation to something less soccery or perhaps soccer adjacent. I like where you're you're going, Christian. And I feel like it's appropriate for us because we have this bit, if no one's ever listened to us before, <laughs> where we ask you all the time what it is that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we need to talk about what it is that these groups are wearing. And, you know, we have favorites to win from each group, right? But I definitely have favorites as far as kids are concerned. And I know that that's why the people actually tuned in today, (laughs) downloaded this episode, because they care about what I have to say. So I'm going to give you... Marissa. Yes. What's your favorite World Cup kit? All right. the 2022 World Cup. Okay, I'm going to give you my favorites in each group. Okay. okay? And then I'm going to give you my top favorite. Okay. All right, because, Brett, you can edit this. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite from group A has to be the kits from Ecuador, because I really like the bright yellow, like, sleek look, but then the, like, navy blue has this really kind of fun pattern on it. And, again, just, like, the, the cut of the shirt is way better than the other ones in the in the group and i just have to say like netherlands it makes me think of legally blonde when she's going to pick out her dress when she thinks she's going to get proposed to and she says why would i like neglect my signature color and you know their signature color is orange and this kit is more of a golden rod yeah yeah and so yeah yeah it's not orange so i don't i don't know what they were thinking there it looks a little bit like an athletic penny in the picture that I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they really missed the mark there. Groupie has got to be kind of the most bland, I have to say. It's a lot of just straight white, straight Wait, red. Yeah, Groupie? time out. <laughs> Everyone's just got kind of a, a, a bland white kit and then something red going on, except for USA, which I am not a fan of these. I liked the previous kit 
away kit better. These look like someone accidentally dropped their marker in the washing machine. And, <laughs> you know, like mom was like, oh, got to get my Tide Pods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, their mom from Minnesota. <laughs> well, they are USA. Brand. <laughs> well, don't you know, we got to get our Tide Pods there. Um, but I do actually prefer the England kits. I, I like the, the sort of polo look that's going on with their away kit. So Sucker there for the collar. Can uh, we pause? Sometimes. Can we pause on the US for a second? Because I have feelings. <laughs> Talk your shit. <laughs> the multicolor blue one looks awful. It looks like a laundry mistake. <laughs> the white kit, it looks okay yeah. on the men. It looks awful on the women. And the reason it looks awful currently it's because women have boobs? Well, that's not what I was going to okay. say. <laughs> what I was going to go with is it's a, a pretty basic white kit, and they put the United States crest bigger than it needs to be in the middle of the chest, like not on the side where you would expect it to be. And so then when the women put it on, they put on a special, also very large, gold World Cup champions patch on the shoulder because they're the current title holders. And so you end up with this giant middle patch, a giant patch on one of the shoulders and then nothing on the other shoulders. And it looks ridiculous. <laughs> like, Agreed. Like nobody thought, you know, we got to put another patch on this for a very successful women's team. And now they just like run it out there and it looks lopsided, which is a bummer. So I am, I'm grumpy about our kids this year. Should we move on to group C? Yeah, before I get any grumpier. I'm going to get grumpy about this again, though, when we talk about a different country. I can already tell. Group Group C. I actually don't have, like, super objections to any of these kits. I I really like the, the colors of Saudi Arabia, Argentina, like the very classic home kit look. But Mexico is just really doing it right. And mm-hmm. I've got to say, they, they are the winners in Group C. I love it because... Yes, it looks cool. It's kind of a cream colored jersey. And then it has some very intricate designs on it. And the intricate designs, they're an homage to Mexican culture, going all the way back to some of the ancient pre-Hispanic cultures that are present in the country. And it's just, it's historical. It is aesthetically pleasing. It's very artistic. They did a great job with that as well as kind of their iconic green kit that will complement it. So great job, Adidas, on knocking the Mexican kits out of the park. Plus, yep. as we're coming up on the holidays, either one would be a great buy. Very festive. To wear to a Christmas service or Christmas Eve party if you yep. want to, you know, why yep. not? Get festive. All right, group D. This is also not the most exciting group of kits. Let me just say that. Um I actually like the Australian kits. There's been some debate over them being too like plain, but I like the color combo on the away jersey, even though it's simple. Um, and I think it's a nice sleek look, but I have to give credit to where credit is due. And I just think that France looks really, really fashionable because, mm. I mean, it's France. <laughs> As the kids these days say, it's got serious drip. And this do is they where, still say that? Uh, maybe they do. I imagine that they say it 
<laughs> I'm going to give myself some freedom to get grumpy about the United States kits one more time here, however, because <laughs> both the United States and France kits are designed and manufactured by the same company, Nike. Both the United States and France kits can avail themselves to the same color palette. And yet, for every single tournament, the France kits look sexy AF. <laughs> sexy as France. That's for you, all you children out France. there. <laughs> and there's a decent chance that the United States kits are some kind of eyesore monstrosity. And so it just frustrates me that for whatever reason, we can't drag a pile of money down the hall at Nike and recruit all the French designers to come design kits for the United States for a couple decades and get us on track, baby. It's all about nationalism, man. We we don't have those great designers like they do. <laughs> you know, Christian, there's one color in the color scheme they can use for France that they can't use for the United States. That being? Gold. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they've won two World Cups. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you what? say these colors don't run in French? <laughs> <laughs> don't put that. Le couleur, le couleur, non. Um, all right. Let's move on to group E. I am a fan of Japan. Mm. I think they look really, really cool. Their home kit has some really funky kind of like blue design on there. And then their away kit is like really simple white but then the sleeves look really really fun um with this like blue and red kind of triangular design going on um anyway it's really fun and i actually think germany's away kits look really cool too everyone's kind of doing this like very geometric print idea going on and i think germany looks really cool with their black and maroon f for freaking awesome (laughs) All right, let's just talk about the one that's not my favorite first. (laughs) And that would have to be, I'm already laughing. That would have to be, (laughs) that would would have to be, is Belgium, (laughs) y'all. Okay. What are they doing? Well, it looks Wait, fine. Hold on. No, 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 zoom no, no. In. Listen, okay. it's it's like so bright red, like bright, 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 bright red. But then, <laughs> then on the black sleeves, it's got these like. 90s flames going on and it's like the flames that I was learning to draw in junior high when you're learning to do like the Stussy S you know and you're practicing your flames because you want it to go on your like truck when you get old enough but (laughs) (laughs) but there it's really tacky and I just can't abide it I definitely drew this exact design (laughs) on a soapbox car (laughs) (laughs) oh no yeah that's rough Is there something redeeming about this group's Um, I am in love with Croatian kits. Um, I just think they're really, really fun. They have this sort of almost like they didn't care if the pattern made it anywhere specific on the kit. Um, They're checkered. Devil may care checkerboard. Yes, yes, checkerboard. Um, And I love, one of the things I really like about their kits is that there's something like carrying through from home to away. Because I feel like so many times it's like, if you're watching one game and then you see another game and they're wearing different kits, you can't ever like relate the team to like the same team. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. And so I like that if you saw Croatia in a home kit and an away kit, you would know right away that's them and they're looking fly as France. 
you mentioned that that checkerboard pattern is disrupted. And so for them, it's kind of best of both worlds because the checkerboard pattern is distinctly, iconically Croatian. That is their look that nobody else has. And so, you know, sometimes countries can get a little envious when their shirt looks the same every single time. And Croatia has really kept that checkerboard because it's so distinct. And so the remix of it, it's a really good way to do it because you still, when you hit it at first glance, oh yeah, that's Croatia. But they mixed it up a little bit and gave people something different. G is for... Gangsta. (laughs) G is for gangsta. It's good enough for me. And I have to say that I am a fan of no one was surprised Brazil's kits mm. and um, they're of course the nice bright colors that we expect from Brazil. Um, but the thing I really like about the away kit is they do have some things going on on the sleeves that are a little bit like throwback and, and could be almost tacky. They could be, it's kind of like this animal print. They towed the line. Yes. But they knew where the line was and it's like just enough of like a, Ooh, that's kind of like nineties fun. Like, because you know, that's in right now. Um, and somehow it works way better than Belgium's freaking flames. Yeah. It almost looks like it's like a Jaguar print, like in relief on like this, like sort of green aqua color against the blue of the kit. It's really nice. It is. And it really makes me think that <laughs> if anyone's seen Zootopia, it looks like something that the tigers would wear as they're dancing and backing up gazelle. Oh, the sexy dancing tigers? Yes. I feel like they could really pull that off. That makes sense. That I mean, they're too ripped for it, but they could pull it off. <laughs> they could um. take some notes from Sam Richardson. <laughs> Literally pull it off. Our last group here, group H, y'all, there's one clear favorite here. And the other three, it's like, I think, you know, especially with the last one that I'm looking at here, which is Korea's away kit. It kind of looks like, again, like a little bit of like a marker disaster. I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. It also looks maybe like a little bit like an old Taco Bell kind of see this is bag. all the reasons you're saying are why it appeals to me <laughs> i was gonna defend this south korea away kit i, I like it i even invoked taco bell he will defend it with his life it is with true my life with his bowels um <laughs> see i was about to say but there's something that i kind of like about it but it's but then it just like angers me i don't know i'm i have mixed feelings about it <laughs> I like it, but I don't like it. I definitely don't like Uruguay or Ghana's kits. Sorry. And because we have Portugal, that's just like really doing the work here. Um, Talk about fashion forward. Um, They're really their use of color blocking is just amazing right now. Again, very Christmas chic. Yes. It's a theme. (laughs) Which is fitting for a World Cup that's going to butt up against the Christmas season. Yeah, no, but really Portugal is is one of my favorite kits that I think I've I've been checking out. We've been laughing and, and sort of making fun of different style choices. But one country made a distinct effort to tone down their kits. That country is Denmark and their kit supplier Hummel and the crest of the nation is really almost like transparent yeah. and you have to you to, you have to see it up close in order to like really recognize what it is um and 
a quote from the team says, we, we don't wish to be visible during a tournament that's cost thousands of people their lives. And so that was a choice they made with their kit. Um, and they also have a third kit that's all black to represent mourning for the country. Brett, we've made you wait until the very end. But what kind of musical tidbits do you have for us about the World Cup as a tournament in this specific World Cup? One of the cool things about the World Cup is that there's always lots of music. As with any international sporting event, many national anthems get played. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, for me, one of the cool things about the tournament is to hear all the different anthems that are played before every match. When you're watching this on TV, and people should tune in right before the match because what you'll see is you'll see the teams walk out together. They'll go there to their separate sides. They'll line up and then the anthems will be played and the camera work is always really great because it goes down and shows like a close-up essentially of each player as their anthem is being played. And a lot of times, especially when there are lyrics to the anthem, the players are singing along, but you'll only get one pass and all you'll get is the instrumentals. Yeah. So you'll be able to oftentimes hear individual players singing some don't sing super loud but if you tune into the match you're not going to be sitting through like a super long song no 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 yeah almost all of them are less than you know a minute to 90 seconds max because they're typically doing a refrain and a verse and and many national anthems are actually quite short but Yes, I think that's one of the coolest things about tuning in for this bit is to see the players singing. And we've talked about it on the show a little bit before, kind of, you know, danced around saying this, but people singing together is a really powerful thing. And when you're getting juiced up to play in a World Cup match, having that moment of unity together as a team and just sort of having that recognition of what you're you're, for, what you're playing for, how you're representing your country um, and every Every country has its things that are going on that are great and not so great and just kind of taking in the totality of that. Um, it makes for a rewarding experience for the players, but also for us as the viewers. Yeah. There's also some lighter music that is known to appear in World Cups. Yes. International pop stars of all stripes come to perform at the World Cup uh, in, in a couple of different ways. Yeah. One of those ways is the opening ceremony, which I think most World Cup viewers would say is not as vital or important as the Olympics opening ceremony. Well, the one of the big differences is the Olympics opening ceremony does seem to highlight the country that's hosting, but then it also includes everybody all at once, which is part of the cool, like the parade is part of the cool deal, whereas... The FIFA opening ceremony for the World Cup, it does celebrate the country that's being represented, but then it also can feel a bit more Super Bowl halftime showy yes, as opposed to artistic across the board. So it's just maybe not quite, it doesn't carry quite the same gravitas. That is an excellent characterization. Though it should be noted, this year at the opening ceremony will feature performances from Jungkook from BTS, Shakira, this is not her first time doing an open ceremony nope. or a, an official FIFA World Cup song. So and those hips have yet to lie. Seasoned vet. Yes, the internet is very excited to see Jungkook, who is a noted hip shaker, shake his hips alongside Shakira. So that will be fun. Jay Balvin will be there helping Shakira represent Colombia since Colombia didn't actually qualify for the World Cup. The Black Eyed Peas and 
Ted Lasso favorite, Robbie Williams. Oh, Robbie. <laughs> Is he actually going to show up, though? <laughs> Robbie Williams is an interesting case because he also performed at the World Cup opening ceremony for Russia 2018. Russia has been banned from yeah. competing in these games for perpetrating crimes against Ukraine, specifically. And... Robbie Williams is, of course, he already faced some backlash for performing in that World Cup, and that was only when Russia had annexed Crimea against people's will. Right. And now that, that even more is happening, a lot of Robbie Williams's fans are not super happy with him. He just liked that coin. Some people don't like that coin, though, huh, Brett? Yeah, there have been a couple of notable artists who uh, turned down offers. Uh, one very high-profile artist is Rod Stewart, who claims that he turned down a million dollars to perform at this event. Uh, someone else who was rumored to be performing but says she was never contacted and would not perform is pop star Dua Lipa. And a lot of folks were saying she's going to perform, and she said, nope. That's never been a negotiation. And in fact, I, w- I would not perform at the World Cup, but I would be happy to visit Qatar when they actually step up and provide human rights for all. Right. When they do what they said they were going to do when they were awarded the World Cup back in 2010. So good on her for using her platform that way. So we've talked about this opening ceremony, their performances. We've talked about individual country anthems, but then we also get typically we get an anthem for each individual tournament right this is a tradition that dates back to the world cup in italy in 1990 when there was like one song that was put forth as the world cup anthem like sort of officially Uh, but this year they did it a little bit different fifa announced that instead of only one official song there's going to be an official world cup soundtrack and currently there appear to be three songs on the soundtrack it sounds more like a mixtape yeah, I think uh, it, they're sort of like to be added, it sounds like, throughout yeah. this tournament. If they do add more, we can provide a playlist. But, you know, the three songs that are on there now, one is called Haya Haya, parentheses, Better Together. And this is the first one that was released. And in traditional World Cup official song fashion, it brings together artists from the Americas, Africa, and the Middle East to symbolize how music and football can unite the world. Isn't that basically what we just do here on this podcast every day? Unite the world. <laughs> There's another song called Arbo by recording artist Ozuna featuring Gims. And Arbo is a slang word that means welcome in Qatar. And it comes from the Arabic word Mahaban. The cool thing about this song, too, is that there is the Spanish and French version that was released by Ozuna and Gims, but there's also a fully Arabic version. So there you get a two for one on this one. And then the third song on this mixtape, as you called it, Christian, is Light the Sky. And this one's interesting because it is a song that has its musical roots firmly in the Middle East. But the thing I like the most about this song is that as part of the video that was released alongside this song, the six female referees that are going to be included in this world cup are part of that video launch. Mm. And so it's a really neat way to highlight their involvement. This is the first time that female referees have participated in a men's world cup. That's awesome. So that's kind of a cool connection there. The one other musical thing I would add is usually at these things, there's an organic musical element that happens in the stands. This is an event that has been harder for fans to travel to in mass than other world cups. It's 
way tougher to get into the country. Sometimes people will go, even if they don't have tickets to the matches and go and, and sing and enjoy time outside of the stadium. I don't think that's going to happen as much at this tournament, but just keep your ears open because there will be some songs that we're familiar with, like seven nation army that are very easy for people to sing along to, but fans from countries will bring their own chants and their own cheers and their own songs. And when the commentators aren't speaking, it can be very fun and very interesting to just kind of hear that flavor and the passion that the fans bring through music. Yeah, that organic stadium sound. Mm -hmm. Y'all, we just wrapped up that preview like with a beautiful wrapping paper and a bow. I mean, I thought that was pretty good. Perfect for this Winter World Cup. I know, right? It's just a little gift. Hopefully one time only. (laughs) There's a lot that we covered. There's a lot that we didn't cover for this admittedly different World Cup. And so we will have some links to other guides primers, previews, podcasts, if you want to do further reading or listening before kickoff on Sunday, November 20th. Otherwise, be sure to follow us on Twitter and keep up with all of the wildly fun moments. We're going to be particularly active there when Group B, the group with the United States and England and Wales and Iran, is in action. We will also be retweeting and reposting on the gram All of our favorite reactions from Ted Lasso cast and crew throughout the tournament. So keep up with us and keep up with them on the internet. And that is our show. We hope you enjoyed our preview of 2022 Men's World Cup in Qatar. We'll be back soon with more Ted Lasso conversations, but you can chop it up with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle on both is at Ted Lasso Pod. This episode of Richmond Till We Die is brought to you by Gin and Kerosene Productions. It was produced by me, Brett. Me, Marissa. And me, Christian. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to give our show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe to our feed. It's the best and easiest way you can show your support for the pod. Okay, this is Christian signing off for Brett and Marissa. Thanks for listening. Until next time, cheers, y'all. Are those flames? Yes, I was going to make a comment about that. <laughs> okay. It's every car that I drew. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.